Thanks for listening to Worship Local. This is our podcast where we invite you into the long-winded, ever-deepening, sometimes winding conversation of Frontier Church, where we exist for the glory of Jesus and the joy of Des Moines. In today's podcast, Cole and I are going to talk about what happened on Pentecost Sunday. It felt like a really important morning in the story of our church, and so we want to steward it well. So whether you live in Des Moines or elsewhere, we hope this podcast helps you worship local. Hey church, my name is Cole and I am married to Chloe Dykey and I'm here with... Chloe Dykey! <laughs> All right! <laughs> I'm excited to do this podcast, sweetie. I know. It feels special to it get does. to be a part of it. Yeah, I know. We've been meaning to for quite some time. And we introduced ourselves. I'm Cole, this is Chloe, but I think we might have more I think we might have more guests in the podcast today, right? Yeah. Um our children. <laughs> we tried to time this so that they would be happily eating popcorn and juice boxes and watching a yep. movie, but uh, you know how it goes. Della's a fan of the microphone too, so my guess is she's gonna wanna she's probably got some things on her mind that she wants to share with the church. Yeah. Yeah. I told you I told you what she said during child dedication a couple weeks ago, right? That moment where we were introducing ourselves and she leaned in the microphone mm-hmm. and she said, Hi. And yep. everybody started laughing. It went straight to her head and then she started going, Dad, I need the microphone. I did. I need the microphone. I heard that. <laughs> Like, like a true dikey. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. 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 Stay expectant. That's right. Of some interruptions. Yeah. 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 It'll be, it'll be fun. I think we have, we have two goals. We talked a little bit about this before we hit record, but what we want to do is we want to, we want to look back at the Pentecost season and just share and steward the stories of what we think God did in our church during the season. So two goals. Number one, if you were not there on Pentecost Sunday, you've got to be caught up on this. So mm-hmm. we just want to talk about what the service was like this last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Specifically, we want to zone in on the 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, the second goal is if you were there, we just want to talk about what in the world happened and what we are going to do moving forward as a church. I think that's kind of the big question on people's minds after Sunday was, uh, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. So we can get around to those big questions, but I guess I'd just like to hear a little bit from you, sweetie, about um, what was like the week leading up to Pentecost like for you as as that week started to lead up to Pentecost Sunday? Um, Yeah, I think that... One of the main things is that you were really, you were really excited. Like I could tell yeah, yeah, that you was. were really excited and expectant of something to happen. And that kind of transferred over to me. Um, but, you know, still it was new for me. I've never celebrated Pentecost like to this magnitude. Yeah, same here. Um, and so it was still kind of like, wait, how, how do I really like engage with this week? Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody felt that way. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> But it was awesome. And I love reflecting and looking back on the week, like these past few days since Sunday. I've been spending a lot of time just like seeing how all of these little minor events were woven woven together to really like um, make Sunday even more powerful for me personally. Yeah, yeah. There were some key things that kind of clicked together. 
Yeah. They seemed like disconnected dots, mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. kind of formed a constellation, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like worship nights that we had, the house worship night, mm-hmm. um, I just invited myself to both of them. So they were both really helpful Monday and Thursday. But after the Monday one at the Kurs, you and I both were talking about how we had, we felt like a very physical presence of this spirit, like in mm-hmm. our physical bodies, like a buzzing and I just remember, I feel like that night, I just, as the night went on, I got more like bouncy. And mm-hmm. um, that was just something I'd never really paid attention to before. And it was really helpful for me just like because of some like, I don't know, the season of life I'm in to be like reminded and to see that the the spirit has an effect on our physical bodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was already like, oh, interesting. I kept thinking about that throughout the week. And Joseph did such a good job leading those nights. Yeah. Those nights were so awesome. Yes. Both of them. Yes. So awesome and different, different from each other in their own ways, which was super interesting and cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I'm trying to make sense of what it looks like for us to move forward. Um, Because I I sent out that poll to Mm -hmm. our church about the house church worship night. And one of the questions I asked was, do you have any other thoughts about our worship nights? And here are the first six responses. Just listen to this. Response number one, more please. <laughs> Response number two, do more please. Response number three, it was baller as heck. <laughs> Which I think means do more. Yeah. Response number four, needs to happen more. Response number five, looking forward to the next one. Response number six, we should do them more often. Oh, we actually just got another response in. Response number seven, would be cool to do more. Would be cool. I so, love like, the That's pleases. so crazy. I know, I know, right? More please. But out of all the responses so far, every everybody has said do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is how I feel. And I think the ladies in my fighter group, we've kind of felt the same way. And even are like longer one night longer, more hours at mm-hmm, a time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, you know, that's dependent on a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. But overall message is that they were a blessing to us. So awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. So also on the Thursday night one, it was, it was different for me because we, the kids and I came late and it just felt like a little more like I showed up and I'm like, wait, what am I doing here? So, um, yeah. in that time I was watching you, you were sitting across the room during kind of just like, I don't know, just throughout it. And yeah, I was watching yeah. you, you had like your head bent and you were praying and I could see your neck and I was like, wow, I don't know. Yeah. I was really struck and felt like, man, I have not prayed for his neck pain as I should hmm. have. And just felt really, uh, I don't know, shame and and just distraught about that. So the cool thing is that um, Joseph Donifro leading worship that night was like, hey, I feel like if you, if anybody in this room mm-hmm. is feeling like a failure, like I want to speak against that and know that you um, can lean into the Lord and that like you haven't failed God. Yeah, yeah. And he, and I don't know, I just was like listening to that. I'm like, huh, that kind of feels like something I need to hear and listen to. But I just, I just had to let it sit with me for a long time. And really just like, 
yeah, I really needed to hear that message. And just so mm-hmm. those worship nights really kind of prepped me for Sunday in a lot of magnificent ways. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, yeah. Which what was, else? I mean, that was kind of like the overall design of those nights too. Yeah. I mean, obviously the main goal is the main goal of everything, which is to like worship God and glorify him. Mm-hmm. But the other, the other thing is, you know, Pentecost Sunday is about participating in that story about the disciples huddled together and awaiting the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they're huddled together in a room. And so we really wanted to like capture that mm-hmm. and step into that story. Um, and so it was intended to have that, that, that effect on us. So I was really glad that I experienced that and you experienced that too. But I think there were some other things that were kind of clicking for you in the week leading up to Pentecost Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. Just a few more things. And like, I know we haven't quite reviewed what happened on Sunday. So some of these things might be kind of bizarre. Like, how do they really fit in? But we'll talk about that. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll catch up. Uh, so like one of them was that on Wednesday we had, um, Tanner and Tanya over and they were the tans, the tans, and they were just sharing some of their kind of negative experiences with, um, like slain in the spirit kind of atmospheres at yeah, you church can camps. Like, you can get on like YouTube and search like slain in the spirit yeah. and like there's funny videos, you mm-hmm. know, about some crazy stuff like yeah. pastors swiping in the air and then like people fall over and yeah. pass out. Yes. It's like called being slain in the spirit, which is ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah. So just like hearing some of their negative experiences there, I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, and that was really helpful because it really made me um, like lean into the Lord on Saturday and Sunday when I felt like he was asking me to pray about healing for our church because I was like, ooh, but hmm. like, what? I don't want to suddenly make it look like we're just slaying people in the spirit in that kind of um, superficial way or whatever. Yeah, we don't like we never want to lead in a way where it seems like we're manufacturing something. Yes, exactly. And people who have poor experiences in charismatic churches often feel like the leaders are sometimes spiritually manipulative, mm-hmm. are dangling carrots out in front of them and like trying to manufacture a response and like everything about our young, small, vibrant church plant is designed to be genuine and sincere and mm-hmm. not manufactured. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was just thankful for that little moment that kind of just helped me help temper me a little bit to be like, okay, I really need to make sure that I am trusting the Lord in this and not just like looking to dangle a carrot or like, you know, see like what kind of funky thing can we do to shake up Sunday this, this week? Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a really good, that was a really good conversation for us to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then let's see, Friday, I, oh yeah. So like I have been having in this last year and a half. Hi, sweetheart. Did you eat your popcorn? (laughs) Can you say hi? Say hi, church. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> okay, hey, sweetie, you can you can stay with us, but mom and dad are going to talk on a podcast, okay? Okay, 
All right. So so Friday. Okay, so Friday. Um, oh yeah, the past like couple of years, ever since I had Della, I've had just like some tingling and numbing in my fingers. And the other week, I finally like talked to a like mentioned it to my doctor, and um, we like eliminated some other causes. And she's like, "Yeah, I think you just have like some pressure on your nerves, mm-hmm. and that is just like a tiny." part of your injury and chronic pain sure or not maybe tiny but like um what i'm experiencing i i feel like god has kind of been purposefully making me experience like a very very tiny taste of what your chronic pain is like <laughs> mm-hmm. um it's not painful for me but my it's annoying because my fingers are numb and yeah, so yeah anyway we've like like it's very we just used a massage gun on my back and it was very helpful and but, but, Thank you, Bauer Meisters, yes, for letting us borrow Allie that massage Ryan, gun. You don't know yet how much it's been changing us. <laughs> yeah, we should probably tell them that. Yeah, I know, and maybe give it back. Um, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So anyway, the point of that is just that, like Friday, I woke up, and my hands were really numb, and I was just like aggravated all day, and I was just like, I didn't have a chance to ask Cole to like use the mas- massage gun on me. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I was grumpy, and I feel like that really helped me just. I was like, wow, wait, Cole is like in a greater magnitude experiencing this all the time. And I just am oblivious to it most of the time. Mm. Wow. That's quite the way to experience that. Hey, buddy, can you say hi, church? You say hi, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Why don't you and Della go find a way to build a little city or something? So you... Was there was there anything else that you wanted to capture before we jumped into the actual Sunday? I mean, all these things are clicking together yeah. and they're preparing, and I think it's important for the church to hear this because mm-hmm. um, the Sunday gathering is always important, and I think we should always be collecting little paper trails like yeah. this. You know, mm-hmm. we should always see life through that lens. Yes, exactly. Like how much I just dismiss those little things as you know all like. Separate incident incidences that do not connect to each other, and to be like, actually, all of life is really for the sake of glorifying God, and for us mm-hmm. to be able to see it and stand in awe. Yeah. And I felt like Sunday was just like a, as magnificent hey, you, as it was, it was still just like a small taste yeah. of what we can experience when we see, yeah, when we see how all of life is, you know, to put. God on display in his glory. So So let's yeah, so that so all these things are working together. Let's let's jump forward into Sunday morning then. Yeah. So God is doing these things in the worship nights. He's doing these things throughout the week. And then on Sunday morning, we walk through the doors and the floor is What's that, sweetie? You want you want me to put it around your wrist like that? No, that's that's not what you wanted. What what do you want? Do you want me to straighten that band out? Like this? Okay, there you go. Uh, okay. Wait, Bella, let's find a different activity, okay? That usually just generally frustrates you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, hold that, on, pause. That bracelet is not fun. Okay, we're good. We're going to hit the pause button and come back to this podcast. And 
and we're back. Yeah, we're back. I'm gonna be honest, it's been a busy week for me, so I'm just not gonna edit this stuff out. So, oh, all right. If you're listening to this podcast, it's just gonna jump around. Be patient. We love you. So, here's what we're talking about. We're t- talking about, uh, you know, what happened in your life that was leading up to Pentecost Sunday. So, there's yes. these things that are clicking into place. Pentecost Sunday's right around, um, right around the corner, and then you walk in to the 11 o'clock service. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were part of the nine o'clock service, that was such an awesome service. And, and, and we love the nine o'clock service and we're not playing favorites. Um, but we're going to focus in on the 11 o'clock service since you were at the 11 o'clock service. Yeah. And because the 11 o'clock service was, um, qualitatively different than the nine o'clock. And so we just need to focus on that, yeah. but you focus into the, ele- or you come into the 11 o'clock, you walk through the doors and there are red balloons everywhere <laughs> mm-hmm. and there are red rose petals covering the floor. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? How was that? Was that fun? Yeah, it was super fun. It was, it was pretty cute. Cause like the kids didn't. They saw the rose petals right away, and then they didn't walk any further. They're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Am I supposed to walk on these? So they literally looked like they were trying to walk on ice for a while. and then that's funny. Yep, dropped the kids off, and then I went into the back, um, and I even just, like, snapped a photo because it was so awesome. Like, just stepping into the room. First of all, I was like, wow, everybody wore red. I know! (laughs) Isn't that awesome? Yeah, and it was just at a point where uh, people were already singing, and like, the uh, worship was just really cool. Everybody's voice was really loud, and it's really beautiful. I loved that. Yeah. So I was already, like, excited, and... And it just felt a lot like... I got to be honest, like the the rose petals and the red balloons, like you can write that sort of stuff off as kind of silly mm-hmm. and that's totally okay. Yeah. Um, but it was so cool for me as a pastor to see these children walk into the gathering and to see their eyes go mm-hmm. really, really wide and then to see them kick balloons and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. It's so fun. It feels alive. It feels like a family. Right. And I just don't think that church should feel sterile. You know, you read about, mm-hmm. you read in the New Testament about the, the gatherings that are happening in the old Roman world, and you're like, man, you could describe these church gatherings in a lot of ways, but one word you could never use to describe church gatherings is sterile mm. and stale. Yeah. And so even during the service where like balloons were popping in the middle of the service, <laughs> I love that stuff, <laughs> you know? That's not a distraction. That's that's part of being in a live church. Yeah, alive. Yeah. And then just thinking about like, you know, a lot of the purposes of your the you and the pastors of doing a um uh you know, the liturgical calendar is mm-hmm. to help us, you know, celebrate these important things the same way that we celebrate 4th of July or whatever. Right. Right. And we decorate for those things. So it's cool to be like we need to mark this somehow. It's not like Easter where you have the classic decor. Well, I mean, I guess Pentecost, the red petals are a classic thing, apparently. You kind of research that, right? Yeah, 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 it is. In in some Christian traditions, they've got a moment in the service where everybody throws the red rose petals. Ooh. But that only works when you've got like a balcony, right? Oh. Because mm-hmm. the point is to like symbolize the falling of the the fire from heaven, the flaming tongue of the Holy Spirit, you know? Uh, and so that's that's the idea behind uh, it. But we just don't have a balcony, yeah. so we can't do that. I'm curious if the Waddell girls know this because two of them did throw rose petals on me 
<laughs> oh, that may have been my fault because I threw them. You on started them first. it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it was pretty special, but okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. I really want to do that again next year. Yeah, yeah. Did you uh, throw all those away, or what did you have to end up doing? Yes, I, I was wa- thinking. I, to keep them, but... I mean, it's kind of gross because they probably had all sorts of little Cheerio particles and yep. whatnot when you sweeped them up. Yep. Because I was like, we'll sweep them up, we'll put them in a Tupperware, we'll use them next Sunday. But once you sweep them up, you invariably sweep up the little hairs, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the little leftover Cheerio particles from where the dikeys were sitting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is gross. I'm not going to keep that around. <laughs> and plus, they were cheap, you know? So I was like, whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to do it again next year. I do. Cool. And you know, some people are like, um, and if you said this to me, I'm not being mean. I totally get it. But some people are like, oh, the liturgy, you know, Pentecost and Lent, Uh are we Catholic, you know? Uh And so to some people, these types of things feel restrictive to their Uh spirituality. Uh But like you said, we celebrate the secular holidays all the time. Uh You know, like, is Christmas constrictive? Is Fourth of July constrictive? Like, no, it's fun. It's like, well, those are just holi- holidays. What, is, what are holidays? Like that, that's literally the root word is holy days. Mm-hmm. And so we're just following a little bit more of not the secular calendar, but the holy calendar. And yeah. I think it's been helpful. Yes, I agree. So, And I feel like Pentecost really was like eye-opening for me because it's not, I haven't really ever celebrated it in this way, like I said. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, Sunday, I don't know. Um, I, because I walked in late... I didn't really get to like connect with you and be like, what, what's, what's it been like? What's mm-hmm. going on? So I remember being kind of eager to like sit by you and yeah. And I guess it started out like any regular Sunday service, a call to worship, mm-hmm. a couple songs, but even a couple songs in, you could tell that things were different. Mm-hmm. I saw a couple church members in the middle of worship songs get down on their knees before King Jesus. Mm-hmm. You see that sort of stuff and you're like, whoa, the What's Holy Spirit on? is doing something. Yeah. All of a sudden, Joseph takes off his guitar in the middle of his song, gets down on his knees before King Jesus, mm-hmm. and then Joseph breaks down, I think, in the best possible way. And so in the beginning, the first half of the service, you start to kind of feel like, okay, what is, what is God doing? here Mm -hmm. um yeah and then i gave a little homily Mm -hmm. 15 minutes it was super cool yeah then i i the the homily at the 9 a.m was really bad and so i took my notes and i was like screw this and i threw them away Uh and i was like i'm just winging it in the 11 o'clock i mean not winging it i studied right and the holy spirit's real so i just i don't know i just preached and then got out of the way i could sense that i could sense that the holy spirit always loves the preaching of god's word but Mm -hmm. i could sense like i I just need to get out of the way this morning so i get done preaching and then I get out of the way, and then we enter in to the open microphone time. Um, you gotta go. You gotta go potty, sweetheart. We're potty training, so okay. Another interruption. Yep. And we're back. Okay, so we're working our way through the eleven o'clock service, and then the open microphone time. Mm-hmm happens Mm -hmm. 
What uh, what stands out to you during that time? Uh, so I knew that I was coming to church with like something to say, what something to pray about. I felt very strongly that the Lord was prompting me to pray about healing. Yeah. Because Saturday night, uh, while praying through Saturdays in the Spirit, which another thing that was just kind of like I was barely involved. I mean, I had recorded it, so I knew what it was about, and I remember praying through it and just kind of being like, "Oh, I want to go to sleep." But um, yeah, God really just like surprised me by like telling me the word healing. Um, so yeah, on Sunday morning, I was like, "Wow, I really don't know how to how to do this," and I was just feeling really nervous. So open mic came, mm-hmm. and I was like, "I know I'm going to go up there. I don't know exactly what I'm going to say." Um, I had a lot of ideas. Uh, let's see. And it was super cool because I remember Aubrey Harbaugh going up there and praying about, um, like, just being bold, I think, was kind of the gist of the prayer. That's what I remember of, like, not not uh, being timid. I don't know. I don't think she even used either of those words. Yeah, but yeah. do you remember? Kind of, it, it was really helpful for me because I remember being like, well, I got to just go up there and pray. And pray about yeah, healing. Yeah. And Which her life demonstrates. Yes. She's bold. She is, yes, very much. Um, yeah, so that was cool. Yeah. Um, so then I went up there and I was like, man, I got I to gotta talk about how the Lord really impressed on me the word healing. And mm-hmm. um, like... I just really felt like encouraging our church to pray for healing. And I didn't know what that would look like. Like I was not familiar with what praying for like in the spirit for healing really looks like, especially in the context of a Sunday morning and, um, yeah. And coming off of the conversation about being slain in the spirit, you know, I was like, I just, I I feel like I just got to say this and see what happens. And so, yeah, I don't even really remember what I said. I know I was crying and mm-hmm. and just, you know, pointed out that, like, you need prayer. And I have really failed to, to pray for you in this specific regard. And I've failed to even believe that hmm. this spirit can be at work with you and um, bring healing for your chronic pain in your neck. And, yeah. yeah. yeah it so. impacted me deeply. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, it really kind of blindsided you, didn't, didn't it? Although we didn't <laughs> well, really have yeah, a time to know. talk about yeah. it before, so it was so it was helpful for me because I I was really excited about what God was going to do, and I like this is hard to talk about because it's going to make me sound petty, mm-hmm. but I think I was also like at that point in time working through a little bit of bitterness about low attendance on Sunday, mm. like it was an awesome Sunday, (laughs) but it was probably one of our lower attended Sundays of the year. Mm. And so like for me, pastoring a church is not about attendance. You know, hopefully people believe that and know that because we haven't structured our church around that. Mm -hmm. Um, But still I put in a lot of studying to figure out how to lead us during the Pentecost season really Mm -hmm. well. And I put in a lot of effort and a lot of time and energy and prayer into helping build us up towards Pentecost Sunday to really make it something that was special and, and memorable. Mm-hmm. And so I was a little bitter when it, it felt like there was really low attendance. And this mm-hmm. is hard for me to share because I don't want anybody out there who wasn't there to think, oh man, I should feel guilty. Don't feel yes. guilty. Like, yeah, don't, definitely not. Don't feel that way at all. It, this is just like 
this is just like an honest experience that I had where right. I was petty and feeling like I put in all this effort mm-hmm. and people can't even show up. Yeah. And so that wall broke down when you started to pray. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just think that like when you're expecting like the energy of the spirit and just the presence of the spirit to really like, um, be present and you're probably just visualizing a lot of people in attendance because a lot of people in attendance already automatically like ups energy, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, Mm -hmm. I totally see that as just like valid. Yeah. So there was a wall crumbling in me when you started to pray. Yes. Um, and yeah, it just was like so, so fascinating for me to be praying for those things. And also, honestly, I was like, um, all morning sitting there uh, doing worship and listening to your homily and stuff. I was like, uh, uh, looking through some scriptures that had really helped me the night before think through healing and the Holy spirit. And then also was like, man, should I like lay hands on Cole and pray for him while I'm up there? <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I just don't know how how mm-hmm. that looks or what that looks like. Or is there a certain, you know, like, is this the time for that? And what do I even say? Um, so, yeah, I think that when I was up there praying, I just was like urging our church to, if you get that prompt, I was like urging the rest of the church, if they feel prompted that they should do it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I just pray that, you know, if we feel that prompting, we go for it, whether it's like years from now or something. Sure. And so then I sat down and, um, I think Carlos went up there and shared and, um, then Eric Barnum went up there and that's when he was like, he was smiling on his way up. Yeah. And I was like, I, I know Eric well. He's a good friend of mine and yeah. I love him. And so um, I also know the spiritual power he has. And so mm-hmm. when he was walking up with a grin on his face, my heart was like, here we go. Yep, me and, too. <laughs> and then he, what did he say? He's like, you know, I came here with a word to say. And right? I forgot it. Uh, yeah, or he just—I don't even know if it's a. Yeah, maybe he did forget it. Yeah, and so he's like, he said, I just so am gonna cast it aside. Yeah. yeah, because of things that I said and Carlos prayed about, and so then he was like, "Yeah, can we just lay hands on Cole?" And I remember like him starting that and being like, "Yes, thank you. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> this needs to happen." And I just did it. I didn't know how to instigate it, and so it was super cool. I've never been a part of anything like this, and so. The church is gathering around me, laying hands on me to pray, mm-hmm. and I I don't I just don't know how to process this. Like, am I a crier? No. <laughs> <laughs> I I we can chalk that up as like one of seven times I've really seen you like cry, cry. Yeah, yeah. Our our wedding day, um, when a child from Redeemer Church died, um births of our children mm-hmm. it's really about it i just i'm just not a crier no and again it's like it's like a wall absolutely crumbled in me like i i actually did feel and experience momentary pain relief while people had their hands on me and were praying so that was really cool that it, yeah. it felt to me like the lord was giving me a trailer or like a movie mm-hmm. trailer or a movie preview of heaven 
without pain, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the short sneak peek, right? Like this yes. two minute long thing that's gonna become this hour and a half film or two hour film or for us an eternity in heaven. And so that was really cool. Um, but maybe even more prominent than the, than the momentary pain really for me was the feeling of being loved. Mm. Yeah. I just don't, I just felt really, really loved. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know that you love me and mm-hmm. I know that our church loves me, mm-hmm. but I think I tend to think that our church generally is like, yeah, 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 go teach and then shut up. You know, mm-hmm. like go teach and we don't really care about your life and we don't really care about this and we don't really care about that. You're just kind of our preacher. I know that's not true, but I think that's kind of my default mode. And so when everybody laid their hands on me and prayed, I was just like overwhelmed by this experience of actually feeling loved as a person, like not yeah. loved as preacher, not loved as pastor, not loved as leader, not loved as writer, but mm-hmm. loved as Cole. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, man, I wish that everybody had this experience with a church. I wish that everybody could feel this love. It was really, really cool. Right. Well, just prayers that it will continue and more and more people can within our church. But I do, um, I just love that, that you got that chance to feel that way within, like on Sunday within the context where it's really easy to just see you as preacher, pastor, Cole, you know, like it obviously would have been just as powerful for us to be in our home and have people lay their hands on you and pray. Right, right. But to be in that context at the, at the front of the church where you normally are just, um, bringing the word to us Mm -hmm. for us to kind of reverse that in a way. It's just super cool. Like, I love that. And, and about a year ago was the Met. So this is also a piece that clicked into place for me. But about a year ago was the men's advance in Cedar Falls with Redeemer. And um, <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay. Okay, and we're back. Okay, so um, we're kind of talking about my experience of the church praying for me. Mm-hmm. And so one of the odd things that clicked into place is that it's been almost a year since the Redeemer men's advance last year. One year, exactly. Cool. And during that advance, um, a couple of the Redeemer pastors and then a couple of the Frontier guys who were with me surrounded me and laid hands on me and prayed for my healing. And I had a similar experience where um, where I felt momentary pain relief. Hmm. And then Michael Van Wardhuizen came back over later that night and he gathered together the frontier elders that were there. And he said, I was asking the Lord to come pray for Cole more, but I felt like the Lord told me that this is now your job. And you need to carry this torch home with you back to Des Moines. Mm. And it is now your responsibility as his elders and church to continue to pray for his healing. Mm. And that was a really cool moment. And it also hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. I and, forgot about that part. Yeah, I don't say that with any bitterness in, in my heart. I mm-hmm. think it's been the right timing. But mm-hmm. I was thinking about that torch. And it felt like the church picked up that torch mm. on Sunday. And so that was really <laughs> profound for me, was like feeling all those things click into place and so yeah so i was a mess i just like 
I just felt so loved. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to lead this worship service anymore. <laughs> so I took off my, on Sunday morning, I took off my microphone and I just went over to Andrew and I was like, bro, you got to lead this. Mm-hmm. And he did an awesome job. Yeah, he did. Way to go, Andrew. Yeah. Man, so would you say like those are the only two moments that you've really felt like relief, complete relief from the pain since you've really had the injury? Pretty much. I mean, there has been like a rare handful of days Mm -hmm. um, where it's felt like, oh, I might be on the up and up. Mm -hmm. But mostly, yes. Those those two experiences. Yeah. So. Were you, I just thought of a question too. Like, do you, did it ever cross your mind? Like when you were thinking about worship night and Pentecost and stuff like that, like, did it ever cross your mind that you might have healing or that it might become part of our worship? Yeah, I I had hoped that would be the case, Mm -hmm. but I feel so uncomfortable asking for that type of thing. Mm For a variety of reasons. But yeah, I, that was definitely in my heart and a hope that I had going into the morning. Yeah. Well, I think you have an incredible pain tolerance because it's just very easy for me and for our family to continue to operate like like you aren't experiencing pain. And I think it is very difficult for you to talk about it and ask for help. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's nobody's fault. Like, it's mostly my fault. I don't I don't carry myself in such a way that people think, oh, that guy needs encouragement in prayer. And, like, we need to really build him. And I get that. Like, I have this effect on people. And right. I totally understand that. And so I don't want anybody in this podcast to hear me share any of this and to, like, feel guilty for not yeah. building me up and encouraging yes. me and praying for me. I totally get it. And the onus is squarely on my shoulders. Mm. Um yeah, it's yeah, yeah. And you know, another thing is when you live with it for so long, it just becomes synonymous with being conscious. Mm-hmm. So it's just what it means for me to be alive and awake, you know, right. it's like, and so, yeah, you just learn to battle through it. Mm-hmm. I have various coping mechanisms, yeah. you know, too. I like to run around and play and, you know, yada and joke. And a lot of that is my personality, but part of it is, I just get tired of sitting around mm-hmm. and feeling it. Yeah. And so I try to distract myself and mm. you get it. Yeah. So that was a crucial moment for me as a human being, mm-hmm. but also I think our church because the Holy Spirit continued to build and build more momentum in the 11 o'clock service. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, we had another profound moment where Shay Donafro stood in front of the church and asked the church to come up and lay hands on Ari. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. That was amazing. What was your experience of that? Um, Yeah, I don't know. It was just like a lot of momentum built up, and it was just an eagerness to be like, yes, let's keep doing this. And um, also, sweet thing, um, Arwen Waddell, the little Waddell girl, had come Mm -hmm. up to me and, and gave me a hug. She's like, I think you need a hug. (laughs) <laughs> and then she sat by me, you know, after I had shared and yeah, before we, and yeah, she went up with yeah. me to pray for you. Yeah. We sat back down and, um, yeah. So she came back up with me to pray for Ari and yeah. I thought, and it was just, it's just interesting because was, this is a little girl and, um, 
you know, to know how to like lay hands and pray for her without overwhelming her or mm-hmm. spooking her. And just to really see that and here, I think that she responded pretty well. Like, I think she felt she felt encouraged. And I know her parents did. Mm-hmm. And I know that I personally did because I was just like, well, this is cool. And I also, again, was thankful like that there are people within our church who I know that like Shay and Joseph have, you know, experience, more experience in that way of praying for healing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Maria shared this with me. So, Maria, if you're listening, sorry, I didn't, I actually didn't ask for permission to share this. So I hope it's okay. If not, forgive me. It was just such a beautiful thing that, that she wrote. She said, when she was talking about her experience, mm-hmm. she said, the last few weeks that had crossed our minds, um, she's talking about her and Nick, uh, the last few weeks that had crossed our minds multiple times to ask for people to lay hands on Ari and pray for healing. It crossed my mind again at the night of worship, but we had to leave early. Mm. Then yesterday, when Chloe started talking, I began to weep because I was like, yes, Lord, that's our family in need of healing in so many ways. So after we had all come up and prayed for you, Nick said it crossed his mind to go up and ask about Ari, but Shay totally beat him to it. (laughs) Maria said, we've never felt this loved by a church before. That's amazing. Which is what I experienced too, this feeling of, I think every believer of Jesus should feel this loved by their Jesus community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And everybody should feel confident that they can act in their love for each other. You know, like, I think that's a new thing too, is to be like, wait, I can go and lay hands and pray on somebody and express my love, not just be worried and timid and, and all that. Yeah. And you know, we had just read Acts chapter two, Pentecost, mm-hmm. where it describes the early church after they received the Holy Spirit, quote, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all. And day by day they they gathered in the temple together, breaking bread, receiving their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day all those who were being saved saved. Mm-hmm. And I, I preached on that and I read about that and I believe that. And yet there was also this voice deep down inside of my heart mm-hmm. that thought, no church really lives like that. Yeah. Once a week, they walk into church, mm-hmm. sit down, shut up, stand up and leave. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. No church really lives like that. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit was saying to me, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. So it was like, it was happening, you know? Yes. Yeah. Like, I just, I remember saying to Joseph afterwards, like, all I feel is that Jesus is real. Like, that's really all I can conclude. Mm. Jesus is real. And his spirit is alive within this, within us. Oh, man. And I read Acts chapter 3. Too, like as something I, that's just where God led me after he was telling me about healing and you know that's when they heal the lame lame beggar and mm-hmm. I'm just like wait really and yeah yeah. Wow. yeah so and that just continued to be a theme throughout Sunday morning like Marie we went up and prayed for Marie another big moment yeah, yeah. yes and that just was like 
super cool because Aubrey Harbaugh was sharing with me how um, at the start of the 11 o'clock service, I think she also felt like um, the Lord was urging her to pray for, pray for healing. So she was already wow. already going wow. to Marie yeah. and um, praying for her. She was already praying for Marie's healing. And then we all got a chance to do that together as a church. So that's just amazing. Like it just, I just remember feeling like, let's keep going. <laughs> Who else? And yeah. And yeah, the rest of the church, like the church prayers, I just think I'm in awe of the way that God orchestrated it all and used his body to just like continue to build that. Um, and what's the word? Dim- like just so much more dimension to it because it mm-hmm, was like, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like Katie Waddell sharing about like her kind of her attitude towards her mom and relationship with her mom being healed. Like it was cool to hear like how the Lord had already personally worked in her life. And then for, um, Joseph to say like, Hey, I just want to encourage those who do not feel like, feel the spirit mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. same way or it doesn't look like what some other people are experiencing right now like that does not mean that the spirit is not within you and at work within you i was like super thankful he said that because i i think it's really important that as our church continues in this direction of like just giving space for the spirit and following the spirit's leading that like we don't expect it to always look like everybody sobbing you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree. for people, and like even talking to a woman at our, at our community group the next day, and and like her own personal struggle right now with feeling distant from the Holy Spirit hmm. after like usually like her life is usually characterized by having a really close relationship with the Spirit, and so um, so Sunday was hard for her because she was frustrated because she felt distant. And so I was like, wow, I'm really glad that Joseph shared that. Yeah, I am too. And that, that's too. another like way of, of that we can be praying for healing is that we can pray for the women and other people in our church who feel that distance. Hmm. That's a, yeah, that's a, I'm so glad that he, that he said that too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is such an important recognition and that's such an important gift for us to receive as a church to mm-hmm. hear that. Yes. You know, one of the other things that Joseph told me before the 11 o'clock service was, hey, man, I feel like I had a vision of Jesus radiating with his glory in our church gathering. Mm. And in this vision, we were all wearing sunglasses. Mm. (laughs) And I feel like we need to take the sunglasses off. Oh, And it made me wonder if... Um, well, it made me wonder if he was right. Mm -hmm. And as I was watching our whole church come to life, Mm -hmm. everybody ministering, everybody praying, Mm -hmm. the entire body of Jesus operative Mm -hmm. on a Sunday morning, it made me think the sunglasses are off. Mm -hmm. Like we're used to just seeing like one worship leader, one liturgist and one preacher. Mm Mm-hmm sunglasses yeah it felt like we were taking them off and like seeing the whole body yes at work i just like can't get over that feeling of seeing this spirit working in so many different people in so many ways Mm -hmm. and even again last night i was talking to heidi barnum and she shared that also on sunday like 
um, you know, she was just kind of praying through, like, do I, is there a prayer that I need to get up and share? Or what do I even pray about personally throughout this morning? And she felt like the Lord impressed on her the word healing before we had even all started praying for that. And so yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just like awesome. It's cool too, to be reminded that the spirit is like working within us in these ordinary ways, you know, like that we can show up and be like, uh, I feel, I feel kind of aimless and I feel like don't really know what's going on or what to pray for. And, um, yeah, the spirit makes it, makes it happen. Yeah. And that's a big thing. So let's kind of, let's start bringing our conversation a little bit to a close. Yeah. But I know that, that I know that people who are at the 11 o'clock and tasted that are now wondering what's next for our church. Yeah. So I just want to answer that question. What's next for our church? What does it mean that this happened to our church? What does this mean that we experience this? Mm-hmm. So I want to answer that question in a couple different ways. Do, do, like, have you had any thoughts about how you would answer that question? Um, yeah, a little bit. I think I think this kind of is related to that. Uh, I just, I think first of all, we just need to keep being expectant and eager to press into the spirit. Yeah. And, um, remember that like the whole body is needed and the spirit is at work with in all mm-hmm. of those who believe. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that like we should just be, uh, ready to talk about it with each other. Like this yeah, last yeah. week of me being able to process with other women and other people in our church of just like, what, what has it been like for this last week? And what was, uh, for those who are in the 11 o'clock service, what was that like for you? And, um, just to like, kind of just be able to have like those moments of awe in our normal conversation to be like, yeah, I mean, same with me. I was also Mm, mm -hmm. thinking about healing and praying about healing. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that I feel generally more reserved if I feel the spirit's prompting or at work within me, I, and this is part of just my personality, but I just don't necessarily bring it up with my, my brothers and sisters in Christ within community group, fighter group at church, whatever situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that we should be eager to encourage each other and, and share like our own personal experiences with the spirit and see how, um, it might compound within our community and even even if it is shared and everybody's like, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel that way, but that's cool. We should do it. Yeah. So that's actually the point that I want to make too, is the, is the people who feel that way. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I want to say moving forward is that you are not an outsider if you don't feel like you're yes. experiencing the same degree of outpouring of the anointing of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. as everybody else. We are a gospel-centered church. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be our foundation moving forward. Here's here's a quick note that came from Luke Snowden. Snowden sent me this beautiful email where he was like, hey, I am psyched that the Holy Spirit is working this way. Here's just a warning. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this down. And I, I'm just going to read this word for word because I think it's that valuable. He says, not everyone will experience the Spirit with the same degree of joy. This means that we will have many people on the outside looking in and they will feel as if they did something wrong Mm -hmm. or that God does not love them for allowing them to be on the in. 
Revival splits churches for this reason. It always has a cost. It is why and how churches split on the back end of movements of the Spirit. Those on the outside feel ostracized and forgotten. Mm. They are, they feel like they are an enemy of the experience. Hmm. Um, so you need to know that if you feel like you're on the outside looking in, if you feel like you're on a different emotional wavelength than the rest of us, you are not an outsider. Yes. You are not ostracized. You are not less valuable. Mm -hmm. Jesus does not love you less. Mm -hmm. I don't love you less. Mm -hmm. And you have other gifts that are equally valuable to our church. Mm -hmm. So please, 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 if this continues to happen, don't feel like you don't belong to our church. You do. Yes. The only qualification we ever have to being a part of our local church is that you believe the gospel of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. What else? What What else? How else would you explain wh- what next? Hmm. I, I don't know. I guess. Um, hmm. I feel like eager to keep praying big prayers. Mhm. And also, I think that uh something that I've kept reminding myself is um you know, praying for healing kind of like really sets you up for that what next thing cuz it's like so cold. Do you still have neck pain today? Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. something magnificent happen? And um I'm also like you know, I know what the prize is and the prize is that taste of the Holy Spirit and that mm-hmm. presence of um, the Spirit at work in a very like tangible, um, magnificent way. And so I think that's something to remember. Like, you know, our church may never have a Sunday like that again, necessarily. I think maybe we could yeah. say that. And yeah. Or um, maybe all of them will be. Or like maybe that. all of them. But we literally like we literally don't know. We You're right. We don't know. And it doesn't mean, I think again, it doesn't mean that like oh, we're now faithless again, or here we are, what are we doing wrong that we are not experiencing? Or like, whoops, last that Pentecost Sunday was clearly just like a big whoopsie because Cole still has chronic pain for the rest of his life or because, you know, Marie or Ari still don't have like this night and day healing that we are expecting. And I don't think that means that we don't expect that still and keep praying those big Mm -hmm. prayers, but also like... We have to remember that the reward and the um, just like, yeah, the reward is the Holy Spirit and and eternal life with Christ. And we know that yeah, resurrection yeah. is coming for us. Yeah. Healing is coming, maybe yeah. not in this life. But, That's good. Yeah. That's good. Another point that I want to say moving forward is uh, I know that this is scary for a lot of our church members because I know a lot of people have wound up at Frontier because they are reformed in their theology. And I just feel the need to state we are not changing our theology. We are not changing our doctrine. And we are not forcing anything. Like one thing that I love about being reformed in my theology is that I have a huge view of the glory of God, which means that I don't want to manipulate or fabricate any false experiences of God. Mm-hmm. That's one huge benefit of yes. being reformed and still experiencing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of that conversation we had with Tanner and Tanya mm-hmm. about their experiences of sometimes feeling like 
church leaders dangled something out in front mm-hmm. of them. And so that's, you know, I don't feel like we have dangled anything out in front of our church. Instead, I feel like all we've done is just cracked open the cage an inch mm-hmm. and the lion has come roaring out of the cage. Yeah. You know? Like, yes. Like, I don't feel like we're fat. We just gave our church a little bit of space. That's mm-hmm. literally it. Yeah. And this sort of stuff happens. And so, mm-hmm. yes, I am remaining reformed in my theology. Yes, my theology is not changing. But no, I'm not going to put the lion back in the cage either. Mm-hmm. So... That just what you just said reminds me of verse 42 in Acts chapter 2 and maybe 43, which you already said. But and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And I feel like, oh, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through all the apostles. But I feel like, um, that's just helpful to be like what we are mm-hmm. devoting ourselves to all the time is to teaching, fellowship, communion, prayer. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. a big backbone of frontier. Yeah, you know, that's our yeah. thing. Yeah. And that awe can come upon every soul still. Like we can be expecting of that. But that's not like what we are gonna make our backbone necessarily. I don't right. know if I can say yeah. that, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good word. They go hand in hand. Right. And another way that I'd answer this question of what does this mean is I just want to circle back around and affirm what I believe God does through leaders. I think that what a good leader does is he encourages people to go where they need to go, but don't want to go. Mm -hmm. She encourages people to go where they need to go, but don't want to go. Hmm. And so I know that when you experience a little bit of this, for some people, this is scary. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that we're going to experience more and more of this moving forward. And this is just a guess. um, But my guess is that as the Western world becomes less and less Christian, the Holy Spirit's going to pour out more and more gifts on the church. Hmm. That's a guess, but that seems to be historically accurate in the way that he operates. Hmm. Whenever Christians face huge persecution, like in the book of Acts, Mm -hmm. he pours out huge gifts. Hmm. Or when the gospel takes root in third world countries, he seems to usually send big gifts along with that. Hmm. But it just just generally tends to be the case that the Holy Spirit doesn't seem to give very big weapons to Christians who don't face very much opposition. Hmm. But for Christians who do experience a lot of opposition— A lot of times he throws in some big gifts. And so as we experience more resistance in the world, I think we'll Mm -hmm. we'll also experience bigger weapons. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I I love that the weapons that we get to experience are healing and love and encouragement. (laughs) Truth. Yeah, it is. That is so sweet. The Spirit is amazing. (laughs) And so... One other thing that we're going to begin doing is we're going to end our worship services every Sunday by saying, hey, if you have a word of encouragement, a prophetic word, a prayer, or anything else, don't leave without sharing it. Mm -hmm. And so I want to start to coach and pastor our church to understanding that before and after the services, Mm -hmm. there's no reason that before and after services can't look like the open microphone time Mm -hmm. this last Sunday. Mm -hmm. Right? There's no reason that after the 9 a.m. service or after the 11 a.m. service, we can't gather the people of God around, mm-hmm. people who need prayer and people who need healing. And so just start to start to 
you know, start to see the church like that. Yeah. I think. Yes. Awesome. That makes me excited. Take the sunglasses off. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, this has been a really fun conversation. Is, is there anything that you want to say before we say bye? Um, one thing, I think if you were not a part of the 11 o'clock service, or if you're listening to this podcast and you have a lot more like questions, like I'm still eager to talk about it or, mm-hmm. or even because, you know, I'm like I mentioned, still like new territory. This is new territory for me personally. Mm-hmm. So I would just love to hear more about like how the spirit is working in your life or with this subject or it has in the past. And I would love to just keep hearing those stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, definitely. You know, in closing, there was an image that I felt like I got on Sunday morning too, that I shared with the worship team of, uh, holding a a balloon filled with helium. Hmm. Not hard to see why I had that in my head. (laughs) You blew up a bunch (laughs) of balloons. (laughs) Um, but I felt in that moment that so much of my stress and exhaustion and anxiety came from holding on so tightly to the string that was connected to that balloon. Hmm. And I felt like Jesus said to me, I didn't fill the balloon with helium so you could hold on to it, Cole. Mm. And I was like, oh, he's talking about the church. Ah. And so... I am not going to force anything moving forward. Mm. I'm not going to try and fabricate experiences like this when they're not happening. Yeah. But I'm also not going to hold on really tightly to a church that's been filled with the helium of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So I'm just going to let go. Mm. So I'm not putting the lion back in the cage. I'm not putting the Holy Spirit back in the cage. So I feel like we're in the same place we've been these last couple weeks of We know who we are. We know who Jesus is. We know what we believe, but we don't know what's going to happen next. (laughs) Right. So we love you guys. Yep. Thanks for giving us an hour of your time. And we look forward to linking arms with you as we walk forward, following Jesus into the unknown, not knowing what's going to happen next. Mm. Love you guys. Love you.